I don't, I don't know what happened, but I just spit on my mic. Mm. Welcome back to Voice in Banyan, the podcast by the community for the community. I don't know the rest of the intro because Chad always says it. So I went back and listened to the one that he did the episode I was in to make sure that I had it. And his yeah. exact words were this. Welcome back to episode seven of Voicing Valiant, a podcast by the community for the community covering everything involving the L.A. Valiant. Damn, nice. Uh, I'm Flatulent Dwarf. And I'm Bookworm. I don't know what else so, to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and I will be filling in. I got this. I got this. And I'll be filling in for Chad this week as he takes a bit of a week off vacation and is out of town. We, we, we can blame that on, I don't know, bad timing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chad's out. Let's move on to uh, this week in Overwatch League. Uh, surprise, surprise. Let's see. Oh, wait. Wrong week. I had the wrong week open. Haha. <laughs> two. That's what we're talking about, right? Week two. <laughs> yeah, I had week one open. <laughs> ah, rip. I was like, wait a second. These weren't the games that happened this surprise, week. Surprise, surprise. The Valiant beat Soul. Wait. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's see. This week in Overwatch League, Danis beat Boston. Yeah. What? That was. That happened. That was a surprising that result. That happened. Um, Dallas looks a lot better than they used to. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. And then, like the rest of the games, were kind of went how I expected them. Besides. Saturday, once again, Dallas beat Fusion. Like, what? Yeah. Philadelphia Fusion didn't take it? I was like... Dallas has leveled oh, up. Sev- that, that's the combination of two things, in my opinion. Dallas has really leveled up. Um, having a different coach, I'm not one to sit there and say Kai Kai was the problem or anything like that. But just having a different coach, uh, it gives the players a bit of a change of scenery and having a lot of cohesion. I think they're playing a lot better as a team. Um, and they're playing in a meta that suits their players a lot better. You know that they're not really the best at running like Winston Diva, um, but they can run. They can run these Rhine comps, and they can do it really well. Yeah, these like tank heavy, and Mickey on Brigitte is just amazing. Yeah, and I think I, I'm. I think having uh, being able to run Siegel Taimu and Siegel AKM has been has been good for them. I know Effect is an extremely talented player in a nutshell, or in in his own right, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think there's a little bit more cohesion with this current roster they've got on the field. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad because Effect needed a break from all this. And I'm glad to see that the field could still do very well without him because before it felt like he... Will, in the previous methods, it felt like he was the one who was really carrying. And I just realized I forgot to change something real quick. One second. Okay, never mind. It's back to normal. <laughs> I think it helped going from relying on one carry to having an entire team that's playing together and getting getting great plays or being able to allow everybody on your team to compete instead of pushing all your resources into one player like um, uh, Soul has done with Fleta in the past and like we saw a lot early on in the Overwatch League with San Francisco and Baby Bay. Definitely. Yeah, like that's I think that's the most like crazy thing that's happened this week. Everything else felt pretty normal. Um, I would say the other shocking result, pun intended, was San Francisco shock, shock. 4-0-ing Houston. Yeah. They didn't just yeah. beat them. They 
absolutely stomped them into the dirt. I, I kind of, after seeing the game against the Gladiators, I kind of thought that uh, they wouldn't do as well against the Shock, but I wasn't expecting a full O. I, I was expecting a hard-fought match. I was ex- I was rooting for a Shock 4-0, um, but I, I was not expecting that to be the actual result. I, I expected the Shock to get better. Uh, they've been getting better a lot just as time goes on. Throughout every stage, Shock has constantly gotten better and better and better. Um, you're adding players, getting more cohesion, getting Architect in, getting Super in, getting Sinatra in. Architect was such a good addition. Yeah. They've, they've really worked on their rotation a lot. Um, and it shows. Remember, um, this was a cool week, I guess. Like, nothing too out there, but still the games were very, very entertaining. Yeah, Seoul is still looking for their first win in the Overwatch League. Not something Seoul. I thought I would say four games in. Yeah. Or in in the stage, huh? I should say. in the stage, I just, like, in the stage. I just, I, that didn't that didn't click with me that they haven't gotten a win this stage. No, I I see I saw them, like the records and saw that they were like on the bottom half, but it didn't click with me that these they haven't won. What? Yeah, the, all four of the teams the Valiant have we beat have not won a game yet. Huh. We have had a yeah. particularly easy start to our schedule, um, and I actually think that's part of the reason why the Dallas Dallas versus Philly result came off as so surprising is Philly didn't actually beat anybody either. Um, you know, they, they forrowed Florida. They beat the uprising who everyone thought was good and are now sitting at 0 and four. Um, and so everyone was like, Oh yeah, this, this, this Philly team, they're going to be real strong. They're, they're a real competitor, but um, they're kind of in the same place as the Valiant where we don't know how strong they are. Cause the Valiant haven't played a great team yet. And the first time Philly played a good team, they, Really, only one of those maps was competitive. It, it's so interesting the changes that have been happening throughout the entire first season. Yeah, like there's some yeah, there's some teams that you think are just so amazing. Like like you said, Boston was doing. It was they had a ten win streak, last stage, and look at them now. Yeah. Um, sounds like I feel like one of the biggest issues is some of the teams aren't adapting to this new meta, or you know, trying to maybe force certain team comps that don't work when they should, they when they should maybe sometimes fall back a bit and we um uh, readjust, but they don't. Yeah, this new meta has been super fun because it's just not solved. You're seeing some dive, you're seeing some tanks, you're seeing some Brigitte, you're seeing some not Brigitte. You're seeing, I mean, you're seeing everything under the sun. You're seeing double sniper. Um, I mean, I think Shuffle now has the, the, the longest time on Symmetra had <laughs> a few seconds. Yeah, <laughs> you, you saw a couple of seconds of Symmetra. Um, I'm, so, I'm still waiting for like a full Symmetra play. Of like an entire round at least. Maybe season. At two. least give her a minute. Maybe season. Two. Please. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, with the new changes. It's a fun meta to see the teams develop to it differently, and I also think one thing you have to mention when you talk about Boston being on a four-game loss streak, they've lost every game they've played since they got rid of their head coach Krusty. Um, yeah. And I know in the Boston Discord, one of the staff members came on and made a comment that you know Huck had basically been the head coach all along. Um, and that things were going to be fine and not to worry. And 
I think if you're a Boston fan right now, you have to be looking at that and saying, well, maybe we should be worried. You know, I don't know if it's the meta because Boston was particularly good at dive and they were particularly unflexible, especially now that they only have mistakes in striker at DPS. Um, they just don't have much flexibility. So I don't know if you can say it's all crusty, all the meta, 50-50, somewhere in the middle. I feel, I feel like it's a combination. It, yeah, it's six to one, half a dozen the other. They're both, they're both things that have contributed to Boston being 4-0. Or excuse me, own and then like after going on such a long win streak, they probably had a bit of an like an ego boost from that. But then it just got completely shut down in the first week, which puts them in a very bad mindset, which does not help them if they are already having trouble adapting to this new meta. Yeah, I mean, they could feasibly drop out of the playoffs. Right, they're they're only three games ahead of the seventh place team. I think they're safe because Seoul and Houston are the two teams on the outside looking in. But they could feasibly, yeah. you know, they could feasibly drop down towards the bottom or at the bottom of the playoff standings. Unless they win, maybe like every game they have next in this stage, they it's it's not hard for them to drop out. Oh, I'm, I meant for the the season, but for the stage there. Oh yeah, for season. I mean, the stage yeah, they're already sorry. pretty much out, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I get. I, it, one of the funny things is how they having like the season and the four stages in the seasons. I, I keep like mixing the two up, and I'll say one when I mean the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be a little confusing. Yeah. Uh, I really want. I know Monty talked about this. And this is an off-topic tangent, but I would really like it if they the way Monty described it was changing this up so that instead of just calling things stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, like give them like cup names, like make stage one the Pachamari Cup. And stage two, I don't know, the the Torbjorn Cup. And, like, give each cup a name. <laughs> and so that instead of saying, oh, we're talking about stage one, it's like you have the, uh, a more distinct name to it. Um, and then Yeah, because it gets very confusing. You're talking about, like, stage one, week one, stage two, week two. Oh, but season two, stage three, mm-hmm. week one. That gets very, very confusing. Yeah, giving them more distinct names. And then he also thought that they should wait them for the uh season playoffs where like the the final stage what's currently stage four would be renamed would be have a higher weight in who makes it into the playoffs than the earlier stages because Mm -hmm. like you don't want a team that explodes stage one and stage two and then limps into the playoffs boston um to Mm -hmm. then be in the playoffs and just be one of the worst teams in the league and just see them get rolled every game that be, that, yeah, because of the change in the meta that goes on throughout the entire season. You don't want somebody who's good at the beginning, terrible at the end, and still makes it in. Yeah. That, that'd be really... That, that wouldn't be fun to watch. And that wouldn't be fair to watch. Like, like not fair... No. It wouldn't be fun to watch and wouldn't be fair to play. Yeah. But that's this week in Overwatch, Nick. <laughs> Moving on to how Valiant did this week. We went against Mayhem, and then against Boston, which we had talked about earlier. <laughs> and we're still undefeated. In the stage. Yeah, first, in the stage. <laughs> yes, in the stage, not the season. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I hate I did, that. I did kind of spoil this week in Overwatch League by saying that every team we've played has let had has yet to get a win, which means that they didn't beat us. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> bit of a bit of a spoiler there, a few minutes early, but yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that most people who listen to this have... What the heck? Hi, cat. Hi, cat. 
I hear a meowing at the door and it suddenly opens and there's a cat that's meowing now at me. Say hi, brother. What? I'm editing this. We first went up against Mayhem on Wednesday and not surprising, we went 3-1. Like, I think my prediction for last week had been a 4-0 for that one, but 3-1's close enough. Yeah, and and we started. It's been a habit of our team. Um, I feel like going back a while is that we're just kind of sloppy to start the matches, and we're not particularly good on King's Row. Um, like we had a couple of opportunities. We had a really good opportunity to to beat Florida on King's Row, and we, we made a couple of sloppy mistakes and lost a couple of fights we should have won that should have shut it down a couple of different times. Um, there was a point at the end. Granted, it wouldn't have mattered because we never got the fourth point, but when Florida was pushing it in overtime, where we had the Graviton-Dragon uh, combo ready to roll, and the dragon got eaten by Adiba, and it's like, you need, you, you yeah. got to be far enough back. You know, you, that, That's one of the things that you got to, those, those tiny little mistakes that just take that extra couple steps back. Yeah, you really, you can't do it that good. And also, even if he hadn't gotten eaten, it might have been just like too close that if they had a trance, that they might have been able to nip through it because it would have been at the, like, the tail end of the dragon. Sometimes if you just do it too close, the dragon doesn't hit it at all. Mm-hmm. That happened to me in a cop match this week, where they, they grabbed on, dragged us, and nobody died because the dragon was behind us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, that yeah. game looked really good. Um, particularly Gibraltar and Li Zhang, I thought. Yeah. Or Gibraltar defense. No, what, Gibraltar attack yeah. wasn't. One thing about uh, King's Row that I love, though, uh, they did this now... They said that uh, there were 14 grabs. That Not 14, sorry. I wrote it wrong. My ha- handwriting's sloppy as heck. 16 grabs. Just on that one map. And I was like, what the heck? So if that isn't a good way to start off a game, I don't know what is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I love playing Zarya, so I love seeing a lot of Gravitons. I am not complaining. I like the map. Yeah. I just I've... don't think it's our best map. Yeah. I'm so glad that Zarya's back in the meta. I, it's so fun to play her. I missed playing her. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm, I'm more of a, like, a support person, when I get to Zarya, I like go off. <laughs> it's always... No- I, I love getting the cards at the end and just like I'm high energy. Like, right. for... I think I had like 50% energy the entire match. and like, yeah! 28 I'm getting kills. better at Zarya! 28 kills, 22 <laughs> high energy kills. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah. that Florida match, we went up against Boston. Um, it was cl- it, it, it ended up being. Oh wait, up. I just realized something I saw here. Uh, when you mentioned the Zarya high energy kills and stuff, space that entire match against Mayhem, thirty three of his kills as Zarya the entire match. Not just one map, the entire. 33 out of his 43 enims were high energy. That is a pretty good yeah. high energy ratio. It's like, it was so good. Like, I remembered right now when you mentioned it, I'm like, wait, don't I have that written down somewhere? Like, yeah, enough space on Zarya. I'm not surprised he got play of the match for that, for that match. Just so good. Space is just an extremely clutch player, and he's done a ton. For our team having him in there uh, i know a lot of people myself included were fans of envy but um i mean space going back to his time far pre-overwatch league he's been a really talented off tank and he's being able to flex his muscles on every single hero at least a little bit at this stage his diva's good his aria's mm-hmm. good his roadhog's good 
He's just got the whole hero oh, nah, his, Like, if you look at his diva, like, what one... I, it was Nii Jane, he was a uh, 22-2 kill deaths, and then John Gibraltar, he was 21-2. So he's, like, so good at staying alive, even if he gets demacked and getting those kills. And there's so many baby diva kills he gets. I, w- I wonder if, like, we'll get that, like, statistic of how many kills he gets as baby diva. Because that'd be so fun. Yeah. That'll be. That'd be a good thing. I really got he got a play of the match that one. Mm-hmm. It's nice to like see him being recognized just because of how much he has impacted like Valiant and how how much he's brought to it. Just yeah, so good, so good. So far, I we're lo- eleven and three as a team in the regular season since he started playing for us. I believe so. Yeah, because we only dropped. Or no, this stage. Last stage we brought. Yeah, last stage dropped three. This stage we haven't dropped any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving on to Boston versus Valiant. That one was a bit of a heart attack. That, that <laughs> one was a real head scratcher because you watch King Throw, a map that I just said I don't think we play all that well, and Hanamura, another map that we've struggled with in the past but appear to have really figured out. Um, and it's like, wow, we're spanking this team. Like, I watched yeah, the first so two weird. maps, and I was ready to turn it off and call the 4-0. Um, yeah, it was so weird, because, like, Kings Row, like, even though it ended up being, like, Fade is the last man standing, like, Strago couldn't even make it back onto the point after he took out, a uh, soon and, uh, Space. But, like, he, it was so good. Fade was getting, like, I believe the caster said, a, an odd every one one minute, 22 seconds. And, like, again, Space with his amazing high-energy kills, 23 of his 26 enems were high-energy. Like, doing so, so good on King's Row. Then on Hanamura, they don't get the second point, but they at least hold them on the first, so I believe they only got two ticks. So they won that one, and the hard-hook combo was so good that Space had an 80% hook accuracy. <laughs> That's just silly. 80%? Like, come on. That's just silly. And, and then we move on to Oasis. You know, Oasis is a map that I had circled uh, coming into in my predictions coming into this week. Boston's just good at Oasis. That's just a map they, they have good. solved. They have that map solved better than any team. Um, that's why, that's the reason they were 10-0 last stage, is because even if you played them close, in order to finish it, you had to Oasis finish him on Oasis. Oasis was break. Yeah. Yep. You had to finish it on Oasis. And, and no matter how close you made it, you, you weren't going to finish it on Oasis against him. So mm-hmm. um, that map, it, you know, things kind of changed. They got the ball rolling, got a little bit of a head of steam. Um, and I agree. I think it was Space that said in an interview that the Valiant got cocky. And coming in at halftime, yeah. they kind of let, the, let off the gas a bit. Because, um, like, we still took it... Uh... It was like two maps to one. Mm-hmm. So the Valiant still picked up a map. But that NAS map, it's one of those things like they could have won that NAS map on Oasis. But all these little things they did that they that they could have done differently. Like uh, Ajinde's got picked off at the very end to Mistakes Deadeye. Because he didn't go around the corner enough. I think he didn't realize he was like still on the view. And then Custa went in for a res on Fate, I believe. Because... uh. 
Boston, like they traded Reinhardt and but Boston managed to rest theirs. So he goes in for the rest, but mistakes is still there. Weenie close and manages to get the stun on Custa, which knocks him out of the rest. And then he kills Custa. So now the down the hero, they didn't get the tank up. And that's how Boston manages to take that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, it's just a little mistakes. And that's, that's what so many games in no the Overwatch mistakes. League are. Um, <laughs> You know, just oh that 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 split second off or that just small misdecision and it's not just things that the Valiant do, it's things that every team makes and it's cleaning those up and making less of those is one of the reasons why NYXL is so dang good. Um Yeah, and NYXL is like very good at cleaning up the mistakes and they're very, very flexible. If you look at the hero pools, each player has a pretty wide range, and like they cover pretty much all the heroes within the players. Well, if you have Libero, so you're guaranteed to be flexible because that dude plays literally everything. He's one of the most yeah. impressive projectile players in the league. I'm still shocked whenever I see people like making Team Korea suggestions and not putting him on that list. Like you can pair him up with whoever you want at Trace. You can pair him with Sibiolbi. You can pair him with, you know, Profit. You can pair him with Strike. You can pair him with whoever you think the best Tracer player is. But like, I I can't see a world where you can't have Libero on your team just for his ability to play Genji, Farah, Widowmaker, <laughs> um, yeah, and every other hero at a high level. If that like, what was like? I forgot. I, I lost my train of thoughts of how I was gonna like say this. I hate it when I do that. Welcome to podcasting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, Valiant did those no mistakes and then cleaned them up. Mistakes. Like, made sure the mistakes didn't get cleaned up. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, once once Boston did take Dorado, um, which again, another yeah. kind of close map. It's another map that I don't think the Valiant plays very well. Um, yeah, it's one, it's one of those things that, like, I feel like I had, they paid more attention to the back nine because at the very end, they might have been able to hold it, but Stryker like manages to flank on them and picks off I believe three and then Note gets a diva bomb off which picks off two and gets space demeked if I remember correctly I think uh which is what really like had had they like paid more attention to what Stryker was there maybe they wouldn't have gotten the team kill there, like, I don't know, like, these are all things, like, I can, like, speculate and, like, at night and stuff, but at the same time, I'm not the one that's in the game playing, so I can't say for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, they, they played, uh, Boston played very well on Dorado, um, mm-hmm. and the Valiant had a couple of, a couple of miscues there that gave it up, but at the end, they took it to Nepal, and this is one of those maps where, uh, I, the, the flexibility of Boston, or their, I should say the inflexibility of Boston, really hurt them. Uh, having to try and go fair to fair with a player like Agilities, who is a very strong Farah, um, and not I having one of your own. Like, I feel like he's become an even better Farah, and like as time has gone on. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's just so interesting. Like, one thing I found really, really funny was when they moved on to Shrine. And just like soon comes in and gets the kill on it. Well, who is it? Uh, I believe Mistakes. Mistakes was on Widow though, right? Uh, I don't uh, remember if they ran Mistakes Widow in Striker Fair yeah. or not. They they changed it up a couple yeah, times. I, yeah, because they switched it around. So I'm not sure who it was, but he gets the kill on the Widow. 
like very aggressive and then like the casters are going crazy and he turns around and gets the kill on the fire too so yeah. like and they managed to push Boston off the point and like pretty much like make them force them to go back to spawn before the point has even opened yeah they uh the Valiant really dominated Nepal it was just they we had a better roster for playing the compositions that Nepal uh yeah. wanted and we played better as a team it was and, and like you said about uh agendities being great on Farah compared to like Boston who doesn't have one that's at like maybe it's at the same level maybe like agendities had a uh, 23 final blows which was the highest final blows for that map and the person that came after that was soon with six <laughs> That is a huge difference. Yeah, Agility's, Agility's absolutely popped off on that map. It was seriously the Agility show all match long. He was just destroying them, and they couldn't take him out of the yeah. sky. And part of that, part of the reason why that worked so well when they had the Widow Farah is because, you know, Widow's a good counter to Farah, but you can't counter the Farah if, if Soon's already popped you in the head. Um, yeah. And so Soon was winning those Widow duels, and Agilities was giving Soon the position to win those Widow duels by forcing, um, by winning the Fair duels and forcing the Widow to try and look both ways, and it just wasn't happening. The Valiant absolutely crushed that map, and Nepal's been a good map for us. I don't know our record on it, but I just, my gut says we've played I pretty well I on it. I think I can find them right now, because I do have Winston Snap open. Uh, let's see if they have... The map records here. Let's pick. No, I don't want to see pick rates. They see map stuff. Hmm, doesn't. Wait, this. I don't think Winston Nav has it. That's interesting. No, I think you have I to actually they do. go in. Oh, uh, wait, wait. I think I found it. Uh, was it Nepal? No, that's Numbani. Nepal. They have a 66 win rate. If I'm reading this right, okay, yeah, so yeah, uh, an above average map for us, and definitely think it'll help that that is our tiebreaker map. Um, as we have some of these close matches, which we all know Valiant loves close matches, they love to give us all heart attacks there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fun though. And hey, this next week we'll definitely wait, we're not talking about it yet. Yeah, never mind, scratch that, cut the tape. No. No, no, I think we're gonna. Uh, no, there weren't any. Let's see. Wait, what was my schedule? Now you got me confused as to what we talk about next. We always like mix up the Nelvanian section every time anyway, so it's fine if we mess up. Uh, I think there was one time we forgot to talk about the videos until the very this end. Week for Valiant slash Inside LA Valiant, and then what's next? So yeah, let's talk about the videos. Yeah, okay. Okay, videos then. Uh, we did have an Inside LA Valiant video this week. Well, we did have a uh, one ninety second video and one welcome to LA video. So we had Verbo in ninety seconds this week. I knew NC would go crazy the second they like posted it. Ah, NC and so studying. She's watching videos. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Uh, Verbo is a very well spoken guy, and he had some interesting stuff to say about. Oh. Well, like himself. Yeah, himself. Yeah, he has some pretty, like, I guess, funny stories and stuff. He mentioned he broke, like, both his collarbones. Yeah, broken both mm -hmm. once, I believe. Uh, how the heck? And, like, I, if 
they weren't even at the same time. He did one after the other or something. Like um, that happens. I, I've broken both collarbones in separate situations. How do you break a collarbone? Uh well, I mean, he says how he broke his. I was gonna say, I don't, like, I don't remember how he said he broke his, but <laughs> but I know that he told us. It's just one of those things that like, you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. If you guys want to learn more about Verbo in sixty seconds, ninety seconds. Oh, ninety! <laughs> I keep saying sixty. Nine, nine, and six look the same. Shut up. But then after that, uh, we also had beach vibes, custom space, rigidities to go to the beach and stuff. You know, typical stuff that you would do in Ane. It's really funny because, uh, what's it called? I live so close to the beach, but I rarely go. And like, I'll have people who like live in the middle of the U.S. where they're like, nan knocked. I'm like, you guys must go to the beach like all the time. It's so cool being in a state that's uh, on the coast. And I'm like, yeah, could totally go to the beach all the time. <laughs> I mean, the beach is fun. I enjoy going to the beach. I used to live uh, a mile from the beach and I jog there every day. Or not every day, but close to every day. Like all, yeah. Um, and it's fun. It's just going to the beach on like a weekend or uh, going to the beach on a typical beach day when everyone's going to be there, which is a time it's worth taking a drive to it. It's just kind of miserable because there are so many people that are doing the same thing. And uh, like, I think I've you get been the to the beach. Out there. Uh, oh, yeah. I think, I think I've been to the beach more times to go fishing than to actually hang out on the beach. So I would always go to, uh, you know, um, Newport Pier? Mm-hmm. I'd always go to that pier with my dad and my brothers, and we'd fish. So say, there's a certain, like, donut shop there that we always grab. I always get donut holes and a hot chocolate, and then we'd, we'd fish there in the early mornings. And it's one of those beaches that even, like, once it gets more today, there's a lot of times that's very overcast. It's really, it's really, so it's really cool there, even once it gets to noon and it's not too hot. But by noon, like, the fishies are gone, so we go home. I was like, I think I've done that more times than to like go to the beach and hang out and chill and stuff. Yeah. I think I've only been to like Venice Beach once. And I think they said they went to what? The Santa Monica Beach? I don't want to take it to check because I know it's going to autoplay. Yeah, they... I'm pretty sure they said Santa Monica, which is a nice beach. Okay, oh, let's see. No, no, they said the Venice Beach. Oh. I thought they said Santa Monica. What am I thinking about then? I, oh, Verbo said in his 90 seconds that he loves Santa uh, Monica. And so we're, yeah. we're flipping videos here. Yeah. Something about buying so a house in Santa Venice Monica Beach. if you had a million dollars, if I remember correctly. But don't quote me on that. Oh, yeah. He said something about like wanting a, a house by the beach and stuff. Yeah, that's, probably, that's probably how we got that, that happened. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool seeing them yeah. get to hang out and, and do some fun stuff and get in a scooter race. Oh, the scooter race was so cute. And, like, it's nice to see this, like, guys out hanging, like, relaxing outside of the Overwatch scene. Yeah. Because they probably spend so much time indoors playing games. And maybe they hang out sometimes, but they also have separate apartments. Like, I know, uh, who is it, Agenities and Crib that played with Custis Cat? Yep. Like, they'll have those stuff. But it's nice to see them going out. Yeah, and I'm sure it's hard for them when you've got a job like a like an athlete's job where it's like your entire life is devoted to what you're doing for a certain portion of the year and then the rest of the year is kind of like an off time where you get to do fun stuff, but also you still have to be practicing, you know, like a regular 40-hour a week job in your off season or close to it because you can't get rusty. You have to be ready to go for season 2. 
Um, so, you know, they're in that period right now, which is probably the first time most of these people have had that period where it's like, hey, we were nose to the grindstone working all the time. Because yeah, a lot of them, weeks. none of the players who are in the Overwatch League have been on like maybe some Apex teams, stuff like that. But this is the first time being in a like and something that's like a full season, something that's very like they like you said they devote like the entire time for half the year to this. Yeah, it's the first time that Overwatch has had events where the term "it's a marathon, not a sprint" makes sense because every tournament mm-hmm. has been a sprint. Uh, you know, you get you get these big one day tournaments where you play five, six, seven, eight teams, and then it's over or a weekend long tournament. Um, and then Apex, it was a it was a marathon as well, but it was more spread out where you played maybe one game a week, every other week. You know, like you didn't you didn't play very consistently. The marathon was more in living in a foreign country for months. Um, yeah. Whereas now, you know, it's it's a weekly thing. You're playing a couple games a week. You've got your opponents to prepare for. You've got everything going on, and it just keeps keeps hitting. And I, I think it's part of the reason we've seen a lot of burnout is just how much of how much how little time players have to do stuff like this video. How much they're just nose to the grindstone twenty four seven. Which is, I'm really like glad that Valiant has the twelve man roster, even though we don't get to see them on stage often, because if our main players do get those burnouts, we have somebody who can fill those shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel that's something that not every team has or is well developed because they play and not of the player. Like, if they do have a bigger roster, they sometimes slip them off. And then they also have certain players that we, like, I think it was Boston that this one player, well, when he popped up on screen when they showed the entire, like, roster, one of the guys in the viewing party was like, who is that guy? I've never seen him before. Is he actually on Boston? Because we've never seen him play. Um, probably Aimbot or Aim God, not Aimbot. <laughs> Aimbot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we should. <laughs> I don't think they announced Aimbot song. Aim God, the support player who has. Yeah. I was surprised to see play because I thought Neko was playing very well. But it's like nice to see Aim God out. Uh, he did have some interesting choices in like plays when they went against the Valiant. But it's it's nice to see that the the people who haven't gotten a chance to play have some time on stage. Yeah. And speaking about it, I'm pretty sure this came out uh, in a Custa stream this week. He was talking about it, um, talking about players that don't often get to see stage time. I'm going to jump us back mm-hmm. a week real quick to maybe we should do this at the end. I was going to talk about Shanghai and the four man roster swap and how Finzi and Iziaki are having uh, visa issues, which is why they couldn't get on stage with the rest of the team. Yeah. But I don't know if we should do that now or at the end. I mean, we can do that at the end because we don't have a VD talk as usual. Sounds good. This time nobody. Yeah, so we can talk about that later. Okay, in that case, back to the videos. Um, but yeah, getting to see some of those new players has been has been good, and getting some starters some rest has been good, and I think we'll continue to see more of teams learning how to handle these changes as we go forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, coming up, upcoming stuff. You know what's next and stuff for Vanit. <laughs> We next week Valiant is playing against another week. That's week two. I'm looking for week three. We got Battle for LA May thirtieth, Wednesday. Yes, we do at eight p.m. This sounds really, really cool. I'm really, really excited to watch, especially with the meta change. Happy to see. Like I'm always happy to see a Battle for LA. It's there are. Uh, some of my favorite games to watch. 
Yeah, and this is going to be a really interesting battle for LA. Um, I think Gladiators are looking as strong as they've ever looked. They've got Void in there. They've got Bishu playing yeah. a really good Brigitte. Um, and this meta just really favors them having Fisher, who's such a god tier Reinhardt. Yeah, because like they got Void and Fisher back together, so yeah, that's going to be great to see. Yeah, and then Saturday, June second, we got Valiant against NYXL. Yeah, we're we are getting a real trial by fire. I said last week we haven't uh, played a team. Every team we played had yet to win a game um, so far this stage. Well, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Every team we've played <laughs> this week has yet to lose a game this stage. Yeah, I believe uh, Gladiators have not lost, and NYXLs and NYXL. There are three, four, and O teams, and <laughs> we play the other two this week. So yeah, this is a real trial by fire to see where we're at. Um, I think one of the good things is that we play three of the maps are the same for both of our matchups. We play Blizzard World both times, we play Horizon Lunar Colony both times, and we play Oasis both times. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we play Watchpoint once and Dorado once. Um, so we won't have as much differences to practice. You know, you won't have to practice all eight maps, you only have to practice five. Um, but it's still going to be a very, very rough week, and it's going to be going to be a, a dogfight for every single map um, for the Valiant. I don't know how well they're going to do these two games coming up. I, I guess my predictions would lie with Valiant versus Gladiators going to a map five, three two in favor of the Valiant. And why excel though? I like. I hate to be negative. But I, I don't think I can see Valiant pulling a win on them. Maybe a map five. I, I ha always have hope that they will. But it's just one of those teams that you don't really expect. You don't expect NYXL to lose, like, ever. Yeah, you really don't. They're they're the best team in the league, and it's not really close. Um, the one thing I'll say, NYXL has not looked as unbeatable as the stage. They did have two four hours this week, but it was against... Goal and Shanghai. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think with a different map pool, we could have had, we could beat NYXL. I don't know that I love us in this map pool. Like, I think if we had Hanamura instead of Horizon, I think that's the map that we can win. Probably. But we did have uh, the full hold on uh, Horizon the other week. We did. Uh, not against a team as good as NYXL. I mean, we're, we're good on Horizon. Right. I just like, think... It just shows that they know how to play the map, at least. Yeah. Which is like, I, I'm just trying to find hope somewhere. I'm trying to be hopeful. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for a win. I would love for us to take it. Um, I'm kind of expecting a split this week. I, would, I, would, I think it'll be a five-mapper against LA. And I, I mean, I do think that we can beat them. I, like, I think if we're going to beat them, it'll be on... Uh, Gibraltar and Horizon and taking another map to five um, is, I think, how it, it, that's, I think, the the road to a victory against New York Excelsior. I don't know that that'll be what happens, but I think those are the maps that I would circle as the, the ones we've got the best chance of winning. Um, I don't love our chances on Blizzard World. I think we'll be I think we can do OK on Oasis. Uh, but if if I'm predicting a Valiant win, that's the way that I think we get there. But at the same time, I don't. I said I, I would love to be one and one this week. I think that'll be a fair, um, fair showing. Yeah, like we'd still we'd still be pretty high up in the uh, 
in the Pacific Division, even if we drop the game on uh, against NYXL. So it's one of those things that I wouldn't be terribly like sad about if we lose, because it's kind of something I'm expecting, but I would really love to see them at least take it to a map five. No matter what happens this week, we will be in top of the Pacific Division. Uh, we have two games and 10 maps on the Los Angeles Gladiators, which means that if they go 2-0 and and win all eight maps and we go 0-2 and, and lose all eight maps, just the worst possible thing, um, we'll still have... No, that'll the be 16. Maps. No, we won't. Never mind. Uh, uh, so it is possible because it's 8, no. eight plus 8 minus. No. Scratch that. It is possible for the Gladiators. No, that'd be 8. No, because if oh, we lose yeah, 8 and they get yeah, 8, Yeah, 8, eight and minus. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait yeah, a second. Wait. So uh, it, it would be very hard for Los Angeles Gladiators. Let me let me start that one over. Uh, it would be very hard for the Gladiators to take first place. They'd need to go 2-0 and and pick up 10 maps on us somehow, either between them winning five more um, than we do and, uh, you know, in, in, in some sense. Like, and I feel like these, the, I don't feel like the Gladiators would be able to, I don't want to jinx it. I'm not going to say that out loud. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to jinx it. Yeah, the Gladiators have got, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. Um, this is, that's the most important game on the schedule for the rest of the season for me. Us, us beating Lily Gladiators, getting that extra game, getting that, uh, that extra map differential. That's the most important game we have left. Besides the upcoming games, we do have a viewing party happening for the Battle of LA at the... Pixels Bar in Riverside. Yeah. Yeah, it's not specifically for the Valiant, uh, but one of their staff members alerted us. Uh, Sabrina alerted us to the fact this is happening. So it's at a, yeah. a barcade in Riverside. We'll be doing a LA Battle for LA watch party at 8 o'clock. Uh, it is at a bar, so 21 plus is what it says on the details. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, I would have loved to go. Like, it's pretty close by. Yeah, there's a chance uh, I'll be what, there. What, what? There's a chance. I don't know for sure yet. Um. My Wednesdays are generally pretty busy, but hopefully. Yeah, it's at night, so you might be able to make it. It's 8 p.m. game, so. Yeah. Late night beer run. <laughs> I don't know if I go, I won't be drinking. Work on Thursday. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's in the middle of the week. And then a B Vanyat event that's coming up is the NA Pride Party. Now it's getting closer. It's on June 10th. This one will also be at a bar. So uh, the FAQ I'm looking at it right now says minimum age requirement 21 plus. So, and if there's anything that has to do in the bar, 21 plus, unfortunately. And I actually wanted to point out about for that be valiant. It, the FAQ says all ages are welcome. Must be 21 to enter the bar, so it, it almost sounds like there's going to be a not an area that you don't have to be 21 to what be is in. It, what does that say? That because I don't see it on mine for the B Valiant LA Pride party. Yeah, am I reading this wrong? Are you reading the right one? Here's, yeah, here's a... B Valiant Pride party at Gym Sports Bar, right? B Valiant LA Pride party at yeah. No, mine says uh. Yeah, let me, let me in the Facebook page or. No, on the. Eventbrite, uh, where you register. Fa- see, Facebook says all ages are welcome, and Eventbrite says twenty one plus. Yeah. So I go with I go with Eventbrite because that's what's handled by like those are like that's what handles the registration ticket and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
if you're under 21 and curious, it's probably best to reach out to somebody on the staff or reach out to, you know, the, the Valiant through Facebook or something and, and double check. Yeah, like if, they po- if they post about it on Twitter, something you can always reply to a post and be like, hey, uh, it says 21 plus. Can I still make it in? I'll still make that. Yeah. Hey, this place says 21 plus. This says not 21. Uh, I don't. This doesn't yeah. make sense. Because I was looking at the Eventbrite because I couldn't think where you register the tickets and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because mine says here, let me let me send it to you. Just so they, yeah, that's that's what mine says. If if they do it now, like people so, who aren't so, twenty one in. Interestingly <laughs> enough, events at lavaliant.com is the place that they both say respond with questions. So, it, like literally the exact same page made both of those posts, uh, and just said one twenty one plus and one didn't. So they probably made a typo somewhere, didn't understand what they were doing, and had to change it. Um, is, is so yeah, it's guess. like I guess. You can always email them and say, if it turns out that people under 21 can go, I might try to go. Because, like, I'm pretty open about the fact that I like girls. So, <laughs> it'd be nice to attend a pride party. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's interesting. I'm not, I'm probably not going to go because I'll probably, that'll be the day after I go to an Overwatch League game. And I like to have one day on my weekend where I Oh, yeah, don't do that's, anything. hey, that's the, that would be the weekend that we would go. Because yep. that's the 10th. We were, we were planning to go to the 9th. Yeah, I'm also planning on going on the 9th of the right now, and I generally want to have one day to, like, get groceries and do laundry (laughs) so I have clothing to wear at work the next week. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. You can just, like, wear the same thing. No one's going to notice. They will notice. Don't take my advice. Yeah. No. So I'm probably not going to go myself, but please do go and enjoy. I don't think we have much else in uh, Valiant events coming up. I don't think there's any other like official, unofficial viewing party coming up either, besides the Pixel Ball. Yeah, I don't see anything on the event, right? Yeah, I think that's all for events. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, what was the thing you wanted to cover since this week? Uh, we didn't even get a suggestion for VTalk in the server itself. I was going to say, like, going back to I wanted to go back two weeks and uh, talk about that Shanghai yeah. map four when we had uh, four starters come in and then you had space and Kareev. Uh, I think it was Kareev. Space and Kareev stay on um, for that fourth map on Gibraltar against Shanghai that looked really sloppy and didn't didn't work out for the team. Um, that I forget if it was space or Custa. Somebody made a comment on their stream that essentially what happened there was obviously there was a lack of communication because those four players that we subbed in uh ksf bunny numlocked and verbo hadn't really practiced a bunch with space and kareev and they'd been practicing with izyaki and finzi um and one thing that came out on i forget who streamed this week they said that izyaki and finzi while they're in la both of them are in the area they are um currently having visa issues the same issue void had where he was in la for like a month before he could finally actually step on stage because their visas weren't yeah. uh, weren't it wasn't like a work visa of some sort. I don't know. I'm not a master in visa law. Yeah, uh, I heard about that from uh, Sok said. He said that Void didn't have his visa yet to work. Mm-hmm. Visa visa laws are very, very like visas. Are, visa are just hard to get sometimes. Most of the time, always, pretty much. Uh, it's like Moon had to go back to Korea to finish his visa process, and uh, like, stuff like like visas. Are very difficult, which is why, uh, why you we like a lot of the players. I remember uh, Dragons, 
when they signed on the new players at the right before stage two, some of them didn't even get to play until stage three because they didn't have their visas yet. Yep. So I'm not surprised that both Isayaki and uh, who who was wait it was Isayaki and I'm a terrible fan. I forget. I'm forgetting his Izayaki name. Isayaki and Finzi. Finzi, you know, I'm drawing Finzi. And I forget his name. I'm drawing him. Like, how? I'm a terrible fan. I'm, I'm a fake fan. Kick me out. Replace me with, I don't know, Adri. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not surprised that Izayaki and Finzi are having visa issues and just, which is why they wanted now to go on stage. Because you, you cannot go on stage without a work visa. Right. Because you're working there and that is like just, if the visa issues, like, so scary, huh? Yeah, so, so that's part of the reason why they didn't... That's Well, that is the reason they didn't go up, and it's also part of the reason why that map didn't uh, look quite as clean as we would have hoped. But that was one thing I just wanted to bring up as an FYI for anyone that has not seen that and is curious and is wondering when we're going to see Finzi and Izayaki on stage. Uh, hopefully it'll be soon. I We don't know yet, but I'd like to see, you know... Maybe maybe we'll get that sorted, and this week when we're up uh, 3-0 on New NYXL, we'll be able to throw them in for map four. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> but we, happy thoughts. Only happy thoughts. But it really sucks that the, like that they can't play. But it's understandable why we like you can't really go against the listeners unless you want you to lose a player. And I don't think the league would even allow it because like even if they didn't have like if you tried to sneak them on, it wouldn't work out gonna have a bad time yeah besides that let's see what else i feel i feel like there's something i forgot that we were going to mention this week like look at the suggestions channel to see if i can find it if there's something here i kind of sworn there was something i wanted to bring up hmm. this is frustrating because it's like nagging in the back of my head i feel like we're gonna finish recording and then i'm like oh yeah i wanted to say this uh yeah, I got nothing. You got something? No, I'm good. So yeah, I think that's it for this episode of Voicing Valiant. Thank you for listening. Chad should be back by next week, even though we love our wonderful moderator, Fnatchin and Dwarf. But yeah, if you want to stay up to date with anything Valiant related, you can check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Discord, and Snapchat at LAValiant. And you can keep up with us on Twitter at NAVaniant. Not, nope, nope, not, we are not NAVaniant. <laughs> you can keep up with us on Voicing Valiant or join the Discord. See you guys next week. <laughs>